This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. How is everyone doing tonight? Amen, amen. Pastor King is not here. He is in Tennessee. Uh, he's a popular, popular guy. And, uh, and we love him. And we're praying for him. He'll be back tomorrow. Um, and then he'll be back for, for obviously this Sunday. So you don't want to miss this Sunday. It's going to be amazing. Uh, but like Kate said, we're, we're uh, finishing up the demo tomorrow. Really all we have to do is clear out what's going to be the new auditorium. And the contractors are going to come in and start uh, getting ready to, uh, to do the floor, to take out the floor of the auditorium. So we're, we're really excited. God's doing really amazing, amazing things. And uh, man, if, if you're not in a small group, I mean, it's, it's really not too late. We, I'm, I'm hosting a, a men's small group on Thursday nights, and I know some of the guys are here tonight. And it was the best small group I have ever been a part of, to be honest. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the discussion that we had, or the discussions we had, really um, were amazing. And to be a group of men, we really did open up to each other. And um, it was just, it, it's going to be a life-changing five, six weeks. And so we're, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but again, if you're not in a small group, get into a small group. It's, it's so important to have that community. And like we say, it makes a big place feel small. So uh, if you feel like if you don't know anybody here, get into a small group and meet some people. Tonight, I, uh, I, I'm going to attempt to not take too long. I know I, know I say that, and most preachers say that. Um, and then I'm also, also going to attempt to not do this. I, every time I preach, I come and I stand right here. And it has been brought to my attention that it is strange, for one, and number two, they're just waiting for me to fall off the stage. So if, if I get right here, somebody just say, and I'll move back. I'm highly trained, though. I got to tell you, like, I can, grip, I can grip this pretty good right here, and I'm, I'm not going anywhere. So don't be afraid of me falling. I did, we... we uh, we did a Spanish, uh, uh, like, Christmas banquet once, and I was coming up to, to open it. I was climbing up the stairs, and I ate it so bad. I mean, I fell on all fours in front of everybody, and I popped up real quick and just tried to play it off. But, uh, you know, it happens. So, But uh, I, I want to I talk to you about something that I feel God's, God's put on my heart uh, this past week. And um, is anybody here tired Anybody just, you know, you're from work, from school, from family and kids and all that stuff. Man, I, it, it's, been, it's been with everything that's been going on with the building and demo and all that stuff. It's been a really, really busy couple of months and, and, and just meetings that we have and all this stuff. And I think I have like seven or eight meetings this week and, and just like so many things going on. Um, and it's been amazing. I'm not complaining. I love it. I, I'm passionate. In fact, I'm one of those weird people who, who actually likes meetings. I love to be in meetings. I don't know why. But um, uh, it's just been, it's been awesome, but it's been really tiring, and, and uh, I, felt, I felt God kind of just put this on my heart, that we really, man, we live in, in, a, in a, a generation of unrest, right? Like times are faster than they've ever been. We're, we're just kind of go, 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 and you get up in the morning and get the kids ready and all that stuff, and, 
And uh, man, it's just it's just that 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 generation really where people are are fighting to get everywhere. I know sometimes like it's funny because you know I'm I'm kind of I'll be honest I'm a little bit of an aggressive driver. I don't have road rage. I'm just a little bit aggressive. Okay. I don't honk at people. You can ask my wife. I don't honk at people. But, uh, but sometimes I'll, be, I'll decide to drive a little slower, and somebody goes around me, like, real quick, and I'm like, man, they're in a hurry to get nowhere, you know, like, but I'll do the same thing, you know. So it's, it's just we live in a generation where we're always, always going, and there's a lot of unrest, and really there's a lack of peace. And you can see it. You just got to, you know, open the news and, and, and open Facebook or whatever and see the, the, the lack of peace in people's lives. And, and there's division and there's fighting and there's all this stuff about so many different things. And um, there's, a, there's a person in the Bible, there's a, a personality really, and it's, it's, it's the Apostle Paul. And I, I just love the Apostle Paul. I love preaching from, from what he wrote. I love talking about him and studying his life. Um, and if you don't know who the Apostle Paul was, He's introduced to us in the New Testament in, in the book of Acts. And Acts is just the, the account of the first century church, how it came to be. In the second chapter of Acts, we see the birth of the church. In the seventh chapter of Acts, we're introduced to this guy named Saul. He's a young man. And, and we're introduced to him in a very negative way because he's kind of orchestrating the first killing of the first Christian. Right? There's a guy named Stephen. They're going to they're gonna stone him. They're going to kill him. And Paul's kind of the guy in charge of that. Uh, or Saul at the time. He's the guy in charge of that. He's standing there. He's watching. He's kind of orchestrating the whole thing. And then in Acts chapter 9, he actually has his own experience with the resurrected Jesus Christ. And he himself becomes a Christian. So he goes from being a hater to a believer. Right? And I think a lot of times when we think about Paul, like, man, Paul did great things. He, he had this experience with Jesus. He, he established much of the, the, the first century church. He wrote one-third of the New Testament and all this stuff. And I think some people kind of think, like, in, at his moment of conversion, everything just everything changed in his life, and he didn't have any more predispositions and things like that. But the fact of the matter is that he still struggled with things that he struggled with before he became a Christian. Right? He still, again, he had predispositions, he had concepts, he had ideas, he had habits, he had ways of thinking that didn't all just go away overnight. And, and what I love about Paul is, is he was so open and transparent about his, his struggles and his battles. In fact, I've talked about it before in his, in his letter to the Christians in Rome in the 8th chapter. He, he, he kind of describes this inward struggle that, that the things that I really want to do that are good, I find myself not doing them. But what I do are the things that I hate doing. And now he says, now if I do the things that I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but the sin that's in me. And he just kind of describes this one internal struggle that he's dealing with. And he was a Christian for 20 years at that point. But there's this one part in his letter to the Corinthians. It's the second letter to the Corinthians that I love. It's one of my favorite uh, parts of scripture, and I want to read that tonight, and I want to really focus on this tonight, because he pinpoints this struggle for rest. He pinpoints this struggle for peace that we have. And so I want to go, if you will go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Paul says this, he says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. I'm going to pause there. Now, th this, is, this is interesting because he gives this, this, this really, really great point of view that the struggle is not always the struggle, right? That, that the things that we go through every day, like, like fighting with your kids in the morning to get them dressed to go to school, that's a struggle, but it's not the struggle. 
right? And, and I know that struggle all too well. I have a six-year-old girl <laughs> who I kid you not, every single morning, no matter what we put on her, she fights us on it. And then goes full circle. She'll put on something else and doesn't like it and comes right back to what we originally had put out for her in the first place. I'm like, why? Can't, can't we just like go through the day without having to go through this custom of having a fight with you? And my wife's back there laughing because she knows. And, uh, <laughs> and, and again, that's a struggle, but it, it's not the struggle. Fighting in traffic with people to get to work because you're going to be late again, that's not the struggle, but it is a struggle. Right? Dealing with your boss who you think is incompetent or you can do better or whatever or they're rude or whatever it is. That's, that's a struggle, but it is not the struggle. Right? For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. There's another part, and, and we'll get to that at the end, where, where Paul says, for our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not about just the, the stuff that we're dealing with here. There's another struggle, and we'll go on, and he kind of goes into it. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. So it's a spiritual struggle. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual warfare. And, and, and really thank God for that. Because we have that, we have God who can help us through it. And we have, we have weapons that, that really are, are divine. They have divine power to, to destroy those things in our lives that hold us back. They detain us and they divide us from God. And then we'll go on. And then he gets a little bit more personal. And he says, we destroy arguments, bad attitudes, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And then he says this, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So I want to I say this tonight. We have, we have physical unrest because we lack peace of mind. We have physical unrest because we lack peace of mind, because we have spiritual unrest. It's not, again, in the daily things that make us tired. There's a battle that wages up here every single day. And if you can win the battle here, you can win the battle out here. Right? That's what gives us the strength. That's, if we can go to God and give it to Him, and understand that the battle, like the Bible says, is the Lord's. And really surrender it to him. Then life, maybe, maybe the situations of life won't necessarily change right away. But your point of view will change. And then as your point of view changes, many times circumstances also begin to change. And so I was just thinking about this. I'm like, man, you know, I've, I've been saying for a couple weeks, like, I, I need a vacation and and, and, and honestly, like, I don't know if you've ever, ex if you experienced this or if you've ex ever experienced this, but like, you, you get home and you're tired. Like, all you want to do is kick off the shoes, turn on Netflix, and not move from your couch. Right? Some of you are going to do that tonight when you get home. Yo, man, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> right? And, and, and even though you're trying to relax, you're still tired. Your mind is still running. And you go to sleep, and it's hard to sleep because your mind is still running. And then, and then you can't even sleep, right, because all night your thoughts are somewhere, and it's even going into, like, your dreams, and you're like, what am I dreaming about? And, and, and your mind is just running all night long, and you wake up, and you're still as tired as you were when you went to sleep. Right? That's kind of the culture we live in now. 
Like, I'm just always, always tired. Because my mind never stops running. And there's just this, this, this unrest that takes place. And again, Paul kind of pinpoints it at first. He says, well, it's not really a physical thing. It's actually, it's actually a spiritual thing. And again, you can turn on the TV and see the unrest in society right now. And, and the fact that we know that is, this isn't physical gives us uh, such a great opportunity to know that our hope does not lie in this government. Our hope does not lie in politics, in candidates, in parties, or the White House. Thank God for that. Right? Our hope, my, my rest will not, will not be placed on those things. So whoever gets in there, and I'm not saying don't vote. Go out and vote and do what you got to do. But whoever gets in there, my God's still on the throne. So, you know. And so... Again, it's just, there's so much division and people are fighting God. I don't even like going on Facebook anymore, especially like at this time. I'm like, man, enough, you know, enough, enough. I don't really care. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to stop going on Facebook. And again, there's people fighting about politics and parties and this and that and, and, and movements and all this stuff. And Paul says, that's not our fight. That's just causing more unrest in our lives. It's just building, it's, it's taking the peace of our minds more and more every day. Just thinking like, man, I don't even know, like if my, my kid's at school, if I'm at work, like what can happen? There's so many people doing crazy things these days. There's evil clowns all over now. <laughs> like, like if that's, like that's all we needed was evil clowns all over the United States, right? Like great, you know, I'm staying home. You know, people, people are crazy. People are crazy. And there's just, there's just this unrest. And, and I think that he, he gives us this, this remedy. And, and, you know, a lot of times, and I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience, we, we really get tired. We really get tired of doing the right thing. Right? That's kind of one of the things that we really get tired of doing. And I've talked to so many people, and this is kind of where I want to keep my, 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 this message tonight is, is getting tired of doing the wrong thing, of, of doing the right thing. And that's the issue is if, if you get tired of doing the right thing, you will find yourself reverting to doing the wrong thing. And I've talked to so many people who have been in church for a certain amount of time, and they're like, man, I am I'm so tired. I came, and, 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 I, and I wanted my life to be better, and I've been, you know, I've prayed, and I've come to church, and I've done all the things that I'm supposed to do. I've, I'm even serving. I'm greeting and ushering and doing all this stuff, but, but, but my situation is just not changing, and because we don't see the result that we wanted in the time that we wanted it, we grow tired of doing the right thing, and the moment you get tired of doing the right thing, you're going to find yourself doing things that you said you wouldn't do. And you find yourself walking away from Jesus. And you find yourself walking away from the church thinking somehow this is going to bring me some peace. And it's only building more unrest in your life. It's only making you more anxious. And it's only making you more lonely. And it's only, it's only isolating you even more because you know that where you belong is in the presence of God and in the, in the, in the body of Christ. And so we think somehow, like, maybe if I just stop doing this Christian thing, maybe if I just stop praying, maybe, maybe I feel like if my life could possibly be better, I'm thinking back to my life, what it was before, and yeah, that was some trouble, but, but maybe it won't be all that bad. And we have this, 
this Israel complex in the desert. Yeah, it was, it was bad in Egypt. We were slaves, sure. They whipped us every day, sure. But we had some food. I mean, it wasn't all that bad. We only worked 20 hours a day. I mean, some of us were dying on the job, but we did have some water. And, and we laugh, but that's the mentality. Like, yeah, I know God's blessing me. He's actually brought my family to church, and I'm not struggling with that addiction anymore. But, you know, I did have some good times back then. I like what, what Paul says to the Galatians. He says, in, in Galatians 6, 9, he says, And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap, we will reap a harvest at the proper time if we do not give up. You know, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. I don't know if I'm talking to anyone tonight, but I, I, I believe that somebody is, is either at the point of throwing in the towel because you're tired of doing the right thing, because you're tired of doing the church thing, and, and God is trying to break through to you tonight and say, don't walk away. You will not find rest out there. You will not find peace out there. You won't. You can look as much as you want. You can run into whatever you want, but you will not find it. It will satisfy you in the moment, but when the moment is gone, you will have less peace than you have ever had. If you will stay if you will hold on tight, if you will go in deeper, if you will push just one more time, if you will pray just one more time, maybe you came tonight saying like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to just throw in the towel. But if you will hold on just one more time, maybe your marriage is, is, is on the rocks and, and God's saying, if you will just fight one more time. Maybe your kids, it seems like it's hopeless because they've been rebellious. You're saying, just pray for them one more time. I know it's hard. I know the struggles, they really, they really are real. I know that, that, that they're present and I know that they're difficult, but, but, but I will give you the peace that you need tonight. Because the struggle is not with your kids and it's not with your marriage and it's not on the job and it's not with everything else. It's up here. And we are good, we are good at coming to God and saying, okay, God, we'll just deal with my kids and God, just deal with my marriage. But we're so afraid to say, God, work in my mind. We're so afraid to come and just, and just surrender that fight to him and say, God, you deal with the external, I'll deal with the rest of it. Let me deal with my thoughts, let me deal with my heart, let me deal with my soul. And God's saying, no, 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 no doesn't work that way. Give me that battle, and I will take care of the rest of it. If you will surrender what's going on up here, because if, if you can whip it up here, if you can conquer it up there, you can go through hell with joy in your heart. Because it's not dependent on your circumstances. It's, it's, it's not predicated on what's going on in your life at the moment. If, if you have peace that, like the Bible says, surpasses all understanding, where people are like, I don't even know how it is that you are not going insane right now with what's going on in your life. It's Jesus. 
I mean, I mean, I, I really, I really don't know how else to explain it. It's, it's, it's Jesus, and we find ourselves so tired, just, just going through the motions and and going through life. And man, I need a vacation, and you go, but you're still tired. And you come back, and you're like, my God, I need a longer vacation. Two weeks was not enough. I, I, only, I only went to Hawaii, but, you know, just two weeks is not enough. And we come back tired, and it's just kind of into, into the same thing. And, and we, t- we tell people when, when, when we do baptism orientation and we talk to somebody about baptism, we, we say, you know, as you're getting baptized, God's going to renew you. He's going to make all things new in your life. What you got to understand is when you go back home, you're still going to go back to the same home and the same family and the same situation. What changes isn't necessarily the external circumstances. What changes is your point of view. What changes is what God is doing in your mind and in your heart. That's what's different. And now you can deal with it with love and grace and mercy. Now you, you don't have to be angry and frustrated all the time and, and, and walk around upset because your spouse didn't wash the dishes or do the laundry or upset because your kids are doing something stupid or whatever it is. You know what? God's got it. He's in control of it. Not that we become careless, we just become trusting. Right? There's a big difference. We don't become careless, we become trusting. To say, I know God's got it under control. And so I was, just, I was just thinking about this this whole week. And uh, God's just been, been laying it on my heart. We have so many things in our lives. And, and, and we struggle so much with just the little things. And that's what really, man, it, it, it does tire us out. To have to struggle with the little things. Just the daily to-dos. But there's, there's another level. There's something deeper that Paul says. This is not... We don't wage war in the flesh. We're not fighting people. We're not fighting institutions and governments and all these things. That's not our fight. It's deeper than that. Actually, it's eternal. And it's temporal. Right? Just because he's the eternal God doesn't mean he doesn't care about the here and now. He does. Every time you have to pick up Legos off the floor, he sees it. Right? Thank you, Jesus. Every time you got to wash another pan, he sees it. It's never done in vain. He's the eternal God, but he does care about the here and the now. He cares about the daily activities of your life, which is why he wants to put peace in your mind for the daily activities of your life. That ultimately you could give him the glory and the honor no matter what the situation is. That ultimately you can say thank you, Jesus, when it looks like you have no reason to say thank you, Jesus. I, I, really, I really like this. It's in, uh, it's in Ephesians chapter 6. This is Paul again. Again, talking about the, 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 the struggle. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle, here it is, against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, over the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, 
to stand firm. And then, and then I like to see, they actually go into, into the rest of the armor. Maybe we don't have it up there. Probably not. Probably my fault. Then he says, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes of your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish the flames, darts of the evil one. And then in, in verse 17, he actually says, and take the helmet of salvation. Right? And I, I've seen that for years, and I'm like, okay, armor of God, helmet of salvation, that's, that's awesome. Do you know why it's the helmet of salvation? Do you know why he wants to actually save your mind? Because if he doesn't save it, you will lose it. If he does not save your mind, you will lose your mind. It's the helmet of salvation for a reason. He cares about your mind. He cares about your thoughts. Because what is thought up here will eventually go into your heart. And what's in your heart will eventually go into your soul. And so you will have total unrest in your life. Because you have not conquered it up here. And it got into your heart and it got into your soul. And now you're bitter. You're angry with God. Because things aren't going the way you think they should. But Jesus gives us a promise. I love it. And, and I might land here, I don't know. We'll see. But in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he gives us this, this great promise. He says, are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? You know why? Because religion says you got to do it yourself. Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Will you just come to me? In the older version, it says, Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden or burdened, and I will give you rest. I'll give it to you. If that's what you really want for your life, if you want peace in your mind, if you want peace when your kids go to school, and if you want peace when you're at work, and if you want peace in your home, if you want peace in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart, will you just come to me? I will give it to you. If you really are tired, running from Jesus is not the answer. If you really are frustrated with life, running the other way is not the answer. And you know this because you've already done it. He says, come to me. Don't just come and give me your situations. Come and give me the battle of your mind. And I will fight for you. I will fight for you. Rest is not in, and, and I know we're going to do it, rest is not in going home, putting up our feet and watching Netflix. I'm not saying don't do it because I'm probably going to do it too. <clears throat> but rest is not a state of inactivity. Rest is a state of mind. It's not a lack of doing things. You could be doing something you love and, and still be rested. 
It is a state of mind. There are times you do need to sit back and relax and do those things. But true rest and true peace is not you just not doing nothing. It's your mind. That's what he wants to give you tonight. He says, if you're tired, if you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're burned out tonight, will you just come? It's a simple call. He's not saying do step one, step two, step three. He's not doing do the self-help thing and meditate for six hours. He's not saying that. He's not saying go and, and sell all your possessions and, and, and be a hermit and move into a cave and don't talk to anybody for years. He's not saying that. He's saying, if you're tired, will you just come and give me that tiredness? Will you just come and give me that burden? Is anybody here tired? Will you come to Jesus tonight and give him that? Will you just take a step tonight? Say, God, I'm going to, you know, I've, I've given you the situation in my life and I know you're dealing with it. You know, I, it, makes, it makes me think about the disciples on the boat that one night, I think it's on the Sea of Galilee or whatever sea it is, and there's this huge storm and they're afraid and Jesus is literally in the, in the back of the boat asleep. Right now, now that's true rest when everybody else is like, we're going to die and you're sleeping, Right? <laughs> Like, has anybody here ever slept through an earthquake? And then the next day people are like, oh my God, did you feel that earthquake? You're like, nope. I slept right through that, baby. You know, like, I, I didn't even feel it. I was, I was out. Right? Like, you know you're rested. When you sleep and people are like, we're going to die. And so they're like, Jesus, dude, what are you doing? We are going to die. This ship is about to flip over and sink and we're done for, and you were asleep. Jesus gets up, and he's like, man, you guys, that's little faith. And he deals with them first. Won't you just believe? Haven't you seen all the things that I've already done for you? Where's the trust? Where's the faith? Before he ever calms that storm, he dealt with them first. With very few words, oh, ye of little faith. He comes and says, be still. Done. Storm is gone. But the victory was not in him calming the storm. The victory was him giving them peace first. If you will trust in me and you give me your battles, I will fight for you. I will give you peace, and I will give you rest. Let's stand to our feet. I wrote this down. Your fight doesn't lie in life's struggles but rather in the fight to submit your mind struggles to God. Remember that. Your fight tomorrow, your fight tonight, is not in just the things that happen in life. It's not in the bills that need to be paid and the arguments you have at home and all the other things. That's not your fight. Your true fight is saying, God, I'm giving you my battles. I'm giving you my mind. 
I'm giving it all to you tonight because in and of myself, I cannot. If I try to do this myself, I will fail. If I try to find rest myself, I will never find it. I can run all I want. You know the Bible says that one of Satan's, the things he has to deal with, one of his punishments, is that he is always going to and fro without rest. That he never has an opportunity to just relax and have peace. Did you know that rest is actually a commandment? It's not a suggestion. It's actually one of the Ten Commandments to take a time of rest. He's not saying like, oh, you should probably tomorrow, a week from Thursday, take a day off. It's not a suggestion. Say, I created you to rest. I didn't create you to always be anxious and nervous and, 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 and all the things that come with that giving you peace tonight. You will give it to me. I will give you rest. Right where we are, could we close our eyes, lift our hands. I want to pray a prayer over all of you tonight. Father, as we stand before you, many stand with unrest, and in fact, we live in a generation of unrest. Our country is in turmoil over politics and movements and so many things, God. There's a constant unrest and lack of peace in our minds. But we are your church. We are your children. We do not wage war as this world wages war. We do not fight the battles that this world has to fight. And simply because you already died for us, Lord. You've already given us the victory, God. We were not created to live in anxiety. We were not created to live in fear. We were not created to never have peace of mind. We were not created to constantly be going to and fro without rest. Tonight, God, somebody came here wanting to throw in the towel because they are tired of doing good. They are tired of doing the right thing because things have not worked out as they thought they would. I pray for rest in their hearts tonight. I pray for peace, knowing that if we don't grow weary in doing good, in due time, we will reap the harvest. That if we do not get tired of doing the right thing, if we do not get tired of seeking you and running to you in our times of pain, in our times of struggle, that if we do not get tired of coming to this altar, that if we do not get tired of lifting our hands in worship, if we do not get tired of crying out and calling out to you, God, in that perfect moment, Lord, you will respond and you will respond swiftly and powerfully. I pray that all of us here tonight, that each and every one of us would not grow tired of seeking your face, Lord. Let nobody here tonight turn and run the other way. But in our moments of trouble and in our moments of struggle, that we would run to the feet of Jesus that we would fall at your feet in total surrenderance, God. And that we would submit not just the struggles of life, but the struggles of our minds. That we would have true rest in our souls, in our hearts, and in our lives, Lord. We're surrendering it tonight, God. 
Our struggle is not in life's little details. Our struggle is up here, Lord. And we're submitting our minds, taking every thought captive into obedience to Christ. Taking every thought captive tonight, Lord, and making it surrender to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you're here tonight and, and, and you, you would like to pray more, I want to invite you to come to this altar. You don't have to. But I feel like if somebody here came needing this tonight, somebody here was ready to just, and maybe not, but, but maybe you're just tired tonight and you just want some peace in your heart and peace in your mind, will you, will you come tonight and just let God work in your life and let God fill you with a peace that is beyond all understanding? Whatever the situation is, whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling tonight, he has rest for you. He has rest for your soul. He has peace for your mind.